HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen. Join me every Wednesday as I talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. Today's episode number 90 of Feast Your Ears. I'm almost up to that magic 100. That'll happen next season in 2018. Next week is Thanksgiving, when we all collect around the table to remember many things. For me, it's how the pilgrims almost died without the help of the Native Americans, and it's time to talk politics with family. But it's also a time to remember and give thanks for what we have. Earlier this month, I interviewed a couple of cranberry farmers about that ubiquitous red berry that we all seem to consume once a year, and perhaps we should start eating a little bit more. Hi, um, my name is Diane Moss. My husband and I operate and own Elm Lake Cranberry in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Excellent. And Marianne, can you introduce yourself, please? Yes. Hi, I'm Marianne Lee. Uh, My husband, Stephen, and I have a farm in... um, rural New Jersey in Burlington County in Chatsworth. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today uh, for this episode, this recorded episode of Feast Your Ears. Um, today, I'm here talking with uh, Diane and Marianne about cranberries. They are on tour with Ocean Spray. Uh, can I refer to you as the Cranmas? Is that yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ocean Spray's play on, uh, obviously, Grandma, and we're talking about Thanksgiving, and we're talking about cranberries. So you're both cranberry farmers um, and both grew up in cranberry farming, correct? Yes. How? We both married into it. Married I, into it. And I, my I, husband I, married into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about... Growing cranberries, um, you know, I think that as someone who lives in the city, I mean, I've spent time outside the city. I haven't lived here always. We know a lot about other plants, right? If you, if I ask my daughter, who has grown up and goes to school in Brooklyn, what does corn look like? She'd probably draw me 
a corn plant. Yeah. If I asked her to draw me cranberries, she would draw a little red circle, but have no idea how that actually grows. Um, so, Marianne, could you tell me a little bit about how do cranberries grow? Yeah, they grow on a vine, not a bush. Ah. Um, it's in a low pH soil in New Jersey, so it's one of the good places. Our pH of our soil is 4.5. And there's horizontal vines, and they run um, across the ground. And then the vertical vines um, are the ones that have the berries on them. So um, we come through, they're, they're perennial, they'll last forever. We have bogs that have been planted in the 40s on our farm. Wow. Um, yeah. We probably, we, we do change the variety of them from time to time because they don't all uh, survive only because of uh, different fu- um, viruses that they might get or, sure. or things and they become diseased and so the production isn't as good as it used to be so then we replace them. Um, but it, um, the only, t- the only time they're, they're got water on them, which is, um, when we pick them and which is now, um, for about three weeks in the fall, and then we'll put water on them December 1st in the, fl- on the bogs. Each one of the bogs has a ditch around it and we lower and, um, raise the water according to what we're doing. So we will put water on them to protect them from the winter. Um, and the kids go ice skating because oh. they're only about eight in, 18 inches, so we don't have to worry about them falling in. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully it, it, it will freeze, and right. it's a source of recreation for them. Yeah. And then um, May 1st, we take the water off, and the plants are very, very uh, fragile at that point in time. But every uh, bog has, air, has um, uh, sprinklers in them, so we will protect from the frost, and we get frost as late as July 4th Oh wow! at night. Very so nice. that's that's one way, we, and it's a perennial and it works. Hmm. And when is the harvest? Our harvest ranges from about the fifth of October, to uh, we have five more bogs to do, so we will be finished by the end of next week. Got it. Right, so right in time for Thanksgiving. It's about three to four weeks. Yeah. Yes. And Diane, do they grow the same in Wisconsin? Uh, pretty much. It's a little colder in Wisconsin, so um, our. Uh, uh, they'll start budding in the spring just a little bit after, and we start harvest uh, the 15th of September. Oh, okay. We, on our marsh, we have a lot of, we've replanted a lot of ours with new varieties. Um, the universities, Rutgers, the University of Wisconsin, have really developed some new types of vines working with ocean spray, and uh, so we've replaced a lot of ours. So we, and a lot of ours are early varieties, so they're very red September 1st already. Got it. And is that how you know that they're ripe and ready for harvest? They turn red? Usually they turn red, but because every year, with it being a perennial, the vines get deeper and deeper, so there will be a lot of berries underneath that will be white, but the seeds, because the cranberry is a fruit, the seeds will be brown and it is ripe. I see. And how many commercially harvested varieties of cranberry are there? I would say there's... At least 100. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, we think about, you know, I, I certainly know the variety of apples, right? right? I mean, you go to the farmer's market. I was at the Union Square Market yesterday here in yeah. Manhattan, and, you know, there's lots of apples this time of year. I mean, New York's a big apple state, so that we see all these different varieties. When I think of cranberries, all I think of is a little red berry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are there different flavors and different amounts of sweetnesses and acidities mm-hmm. with those? Mm-hmm. And favorites. And yeah. favorites, yes. <laughs> well, and, and very often they're named after the farmers. Sure. Yes. We have yeah. Haynes variety. We have uh, Searles from Wisconsin. Uh, we have Crimson Queens. We have Mullica Queens, which is a river that runs, and our our harvest, our water goes into the Mullica River watershed. Oh, very so cool. So it's like 
we name them different things. And, and different areas, because they're grown in Massachusetts, New Jersey, Wisconsin, Oregon, and, and Washington in the United States, they all have different varieties that grow better in different regions. Sure, sure, sure. Just like apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. So um, do you, Marianne, have a favorite variety? My favorite variety is early black, because yeah. they're nearly very black, and my cranberry sauce is really dark but it's really susceptible to disease, and these new varieties that Diane's talking about is what we're going to replace the early black with, I see. much to my chagrin. Uh, you want to keep a little bit just for yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> no, the, the, the yield is not good. We got 75 uh, pounds. We got 75 barrels. A barrel is 100 pounds. Got it. We got 75 barrels uh, per acre on our yield for early blacks this year. The rest of them, Crimson Queen, we got 350 barrels. Oh, wow. So there's a really big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have a favorite, Diane? I do. They're called the Ruby Stars, and they are a new variety. And they ripen by the 15th of September, and they are sweet hmm. in comparison. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diane, uh, I'm sorry, Marianne, you mentioned um, your cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is your, what's your cranberry sauce recipe? Do you, can you divulge that, or is that a secret? Oh, sure. Um, my cranberry sauce recipe is four cups of cranberries two cups of water, and boil that together until it gels. I put it through a Foley food mill because my kids don't like the, sa- the, the seeds in there. Um, but And then I add some sugar according to my taste. Sure. Um, and that's it, just straight cranberry? That's no, straight cranberry. Else. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I will add some Grand Meunier, which adds a little bit of sweetness and sure. some orange flavor. Yep. But relish is the thing that my kids like to do. I have six grandkids, and they're the ones that initiate uh, Grammy, it's time to take to make the cranberry relish, and that's um, four cups of cranberries and two apples that are cored but not peeled, and one orange. That's um, a navel orange, so you don't get any skin, but you use the uh, the, the rind and everything. They yeah. just cut it up, and they all. I have pictures of them all doing it and they'll do it in about a week nice so it'll be good for thanksgiving oh nice that's great yeah and that that's a, when i was a kid that was my my mom always added a whole orange mm-hmm. with the cranberries and i don't think she put apples in but that was the it was a chunky kind of relish that we used often yeah. um and then my wife loves actually ocean spray canned cranberry sauce mm. and so at our table we always have that i should have I, I feel bad i should have brought it today my favorite piece of silver plate that we use every year actually was made in the 50s and it is a silver plate tray and spoon that is made for canned cranberry sauce that's nice and it's nice a long time ago but i i love it because it's just you know the, the ribbing on the can on the gel and then you have this very fancy i love it you have this fancy silver plate that goes with sort of the rest of the fancy gel. in my house that was always i mean you know it was thanksgiving and Christmas, and then maybe someone's birthday when we trotted out the nice china and the silver, and pretty much never the rest of the year, no matter what. So that was really when we did And um, another question I wanted to ask is, so in your houses, and I, I'll, Diane, I'll start with you, um, I imagine you guys preserve a lot of cranberries and use them throughout the year. We do. Yeah. What are some of your favorite ways to preserve them, say, to use them in the, you know, in the, in the dark months, I mean, in, in February? Well, by preserving, I'm, we freeze. I, I freeze sure. 50 pounds of cranberries. And my favorite way is to make cranberry pie. Ah. And it's an easy cranberry pie because it doesn't, the topping is the crust. And I use it for bake sales. I, I make I, I make hundreds of pies. And that's about the only thing I really bake. Um, but they always sell. Yeah. I mean, that, that, to me, that's a great idea. I love the flavor of cranberries. I love things that are tart. And so I really, really like them. Um, but I, you know... 
they are often only available. I mean, you can buy them frozen now, but I remember, you know, fresh, you can get them at this time of year. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like, you know, collectively, as Americans, we kind of forget about them, right? After the after Thanksgiving, it's sort of like we're on to the next thing. And at least for, for me, I feel like I always forget about it. So it's nice to, to have this conversation to try and remember this year that I could do it. What about um, about canning, about pickling cranberries, anything like that? Do you do anything like that? I do. I can cranberries. I yeah. can my own cranberry sauce. Sure. So um, and and I can my own salsa, but a really my favorite recipe is cranberries. If you could buy a can of cranberry sauce and you buy a jar of salsa and you mix the two, and it's fabulous with chips. Oh, that sounds delicious. I actually so I two years ago I canned my own cranberry sauce. I didn't make it shelf stable, but I made my own cranberry sauce and made a gel, and I did it in a can mm. for my wife. In the can. In the can. So I took a can of Ocean Spray can cranberry sauce, and I took the saw. So- I took it out, and we had that on the table. But then I took the can and I set my own gel in it, so that I could gel my homemade cranberry sauce, but it would be in the shape of the can. <laughs> so that was a really that was a, that so was there's a really magic fun in that can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom Definitely used is. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, recently, um, we started actually using a lot of dried cranberries. My son is allergic to lots of things, but loves fruit. Mm. And so it's, you know, sometimes hard to keep a lot of a small New York apartment kitchen. It's hard to keep a lot of fresh fruit around, um, but he likes dried fruit. So we've been started to, starting to eat a lot of dried cranberries. And my wife has started to put into some interesting things. We do a lot of uh, fermented things. We do a lot of sauerkraut and a lot of mm. kimchi at home. And so my wife just put it into kimchi. So she made a batch of carrot and daikon and uh, and cabbage kimchi, and then once that had fermented and was nice and pickled, she mixed in dried cranberries and then put it in the refrigerator, and it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. That's enough sugar to just counteract that kimchi. Exactly. And yeah. and it and it's really I mean and, and sort of all purpose. It's great on salad. It was great. We had pork chops the other night. I mean it went really well, and then you get the tartness also from the cranberries. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really you have any sort of Oddball uses that people might not expect Oddball for cranberries. Oddball uses. Um, no, I'm pretty. Uh, I like I like baking a lot. I, I wanted to know about your your cranberry uh, pie. Now, do you put walnuts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And mine mine has almond extract. Oh, mine doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? That's that's I, that cranberry cake really, oh. uh, and it's a it's a you turn it upside down. Mm. It's oh, an upside down. Okay. My cranberries and and my walnuts are on the bottom. And then I put the batter, but okay. the batter has a, a, a table, two tablespoons of almond extract, okay. and then I turn it over, oh. and that also does sell a lot. Okay. Um, oh, that so, sounds beautiful with the cranberries on it top. It does, yeah, 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 it really it, does. It is. And uh, I my my recipe is actually Ocean Spray's recipe, and so that can be found on their website. Okay. Cool. The only thing I do different is I actually add a half cup more of cranberries, and and put it in a deeper pie shell. Got it. So, yeah, I also add. Um, I make cranberry apple pie like. My kids like that. Other than that, I, I'll, I'll make scones uh, with craisins. Sure. Um, and uh, I also mix uh, fresh cranberries with green pepper and um, an orange rind and oranges. And it's like a little relish. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a pretty one because it's a combination of... And you add a little cinnamon to it. And it's just like a... Like, like a uh, not, not a sauce, but a, a, a conserve. Yeah, you kind yeah, of, yeah. you know, add sure. it, but it's different. It's kind of different between green pepper and, and the cranberry, but it, it's a nice mixture. Yeah, I had thought recently about trying to make, like, a cranberry ketchup. 
you know, mm -hmm. cranberries and tomatoes and really cooking them down mm -hmm. and, and putting them through a food mill or in a blender to really make it smooth yeah. um, because of the sweet. Because I don't like using a lot of commercial, you know, commercial ketchup has so much corn syrup in it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be nice to be able to control the sugar, but to have the tartness instead of necessarily so much vinegar, you could use cranberries, I thought, about, mm -hmm. about doing that. I, you know, I, and I have to say, I mean, all of this talk of, you know, trying to move away from Thanksgiving. I mean, we, let's talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a wonderful holiday. And the food... For me, I think one of the things that's so great is that we do get to have that, you know, the cranberry relish or the cranberry sauce. And I feel like a lot of the other, in, in a lot of other cultures, you often serve something that's either sweet or sour um, with other foods. And I feel like a lot of times, at least when I was growing up, we didn't really ever do that. I mean, that, that was the only time that you had this condiment that was sort of omnipresent on the table that wasn't ketchup mm -hmm. um, or mayonnaise. But it's such a great condiment. I mean, I don't, you know, like we try, I mean, you know, you can serve it with chicken, you can serve it with pork. I mean, it goes with all these other mm -hmm. things, but we, of course, are stuck in this turkey thing. Yes, we, we have a saying that's the perfect mate for every meat. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it, true. It yeah. increases, you know, the usage of cranberries throughout the year. Yeah. Because it's great with ham, it's great with a, a lot of things. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollux scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org pets. So, Diane, your family, you have 10 younger siblings. Yes. Um, and which means that your family, I mean, you have, you must have, uh, you must have, you have, so you have seven granddaughters. Yes. Right? <laughs> I uh, do. So, so how many people are at your Thanksgiving table and do you host? <clears throat> I host probably every other year. Okay. And there are usually about 60 of us. Wow. Together. And Holy moly. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of mayhem. Someone asked me yesterday in an interview, um, you know, what type of music do you play? I said, it's just a lot of talk and a lot of yelling. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine if you played music, you wouldn't be able to hear anything. You would never, you would never hear it. So yeah. it's just, a, it's just a really fun time. And we, you know, don't get together all the time. So when we do, we really appreciate yeah, each yeah. other. How many turkeys do you end up cooking? Two. I do, two turkeys, but then we also make venison, and we'll also um, make like a meatloaf kind of thing. So, oh, we have a lot. It's a lot of food. Everyone <laughs> brings things. It's a lot of fun. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's uh, that's great. And what about you, Marianne? How many people usually at your table? Uh, we, we travel to Maine for Thanksgiving. My mother-in-law was from Maine, and we have about 65 cousins wow. in an old farmhouse in Maine. We have um, four turkeys. Two of them are fried by my son. And uh, two of them are done by cousins. Everybody brings something. Um, I'm trekking up 95 with at least six pies in my trunk. <laughs> uh, I have all the, uh, the, the uh, sweet potatoes casserole that I've made the last two days or talked about. Sure. All the cranberry stuff. And then um, it's at a dairy farm, so we have that at 1 o'clock at noon. And yep. then we have to go out and milk the cows. Right. And then they come in again 
and everybody eats again. Right, sure. <laughs> and then we have ham or get out the turkey and have uh, turkey sandwiches and cranberry sauce. Right, right, right. So, but it's, it's wonderful. We start out with prayer and bless this house, and we gather together, and it's all related. It's, we're all cousins of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, it's, it, that's amazing to hear. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't think that even between myself and my wife, if, with our extended families, we could even put together 60 people. We're both from relatively small families, you know, 12, 14, 16, 18, yeah. maybe. I remember when I was a kid, we had 26 once, and that was famously a Thanksgiving where my father got a 26-pound turkey that barely fit in the oven, and I was a little kid. And when he was taking the turkey out of the oven, it was dark golden brown, and it was the same color as our dog, and I started crying because my dad called the dog Turkey. That oh. was his nickname for the dog. And I started crying because I thought they'd cook the dog. Sure. And they had to run outside and find a dog who was out playing in the woods and bring her in so that I would know that they had That's to cook funny. the dog for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we often we often have a lot. My brother-in-law loves a, a culinary project so no matter what he always decides last minute to do something very involved and often I mean I think last year there were like 12 of us at Thanksgiving and I think we had two we had two turkeys Mm -hmm. and not small ones either because he decided that he was going to make his own turkey in his own way so we had you know that we were just you know we're only 12 people and we needed like maybe a 14 16 pound bird and I think we had like a 16 pound bird and a 22 or something it was so much turkey I just yeah. couldn't I couldn't believe it so you said Marion that your son fries two yes turkeys. he does how do you cook the other two they're roasted, roasted. traditionally yeah traditionally. yeah and our family's been doing this well personally my personally I've been doing it for the last 50 years my husband and I have been married 50 years this year. Congratulations. And thank you. But um, but his family was the one that started it. Yeah. And they, they did that for at least 15 years before that. So. Wow. And then what about you, Dan? How do you cook the turkeys? We do it traditionally, yeah. too. Although I do put a bottle of champagne in mine. That oh. really, I don't have to brine it anymore because yeah. of that champagne with fruit and herbs. And it just turns out really juicy. That sounds great. There was a recipe I've done. We had a very small Thanksgiving where family wasn't really able to get together. And I think there were only six of us a couple of years ago. And there was a recipe that Mark Bittman did in the Times mm. for taking the turkey apart. And you end up in a in a large roasting pan. You put the legs and thighs, and then you fill it with stock yeah. with all the root vegetables. And then about halfway through cooking, you lay the breast meat on top, so the breasts get roasted, but the legs and thighs get simmered. And and uh, they and need more time. Exactly, they mm-hmm. they need more time, and that was that was delicious. I actually mm-hmm. I really like doing it that way. Yeah, um, it turned out turned out really great. And so I've actually started doing that sometimes not on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, but I'll only get like a half a turkey or something because I mean there's only it's myself and my wife and our two kids we can't possibly cook a whole turkey and then eat it any other time of year unless we're having a big party <laughs> I think um, do you guys grow anything else on your farms? we did grow blueberries okay um, but we have we've pulled out blueberry plants and put in cranberries yeah just seemed to work better in the soil it or? did um, the co-op is, that existed for our blueberries uh, wasn't as good as the ocean spray co-op so we were paying uh Bills, our blueberry with cranberry money. We thought <laughs> this, this doesn't make sense. Sure. So uh, we did, we waited till my grand my father in law died oh. <laughs> before we pulled out all the blueberries. But we <laughs> blueberries yeah. were important to him. Blueberries so. were very important to him. Got it. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like I mean, if you're going up to Maine and if you still have family in Maine, you have a connection to blueberries. Oh, we definitely so, do. Yeah. yeah well, we always we always compare because ours are high bush and theirs is very low bush. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The picking of the Maine. I, I've spent a lot of time in Maine. And, and you and have. The, yeah. I have some family up there, and, and the picking 
of the main blueberries is it's so that rough. Breaking. Yes, it is literally, <laughs> literally. I mean, for people who are listening who don't know, there there are essentially two. I mean, there are more than that, but there are two kinds. There are high bush blueberries which can be picked off a bush where you can just stand, mm-hmm. and there are low bush berries which grow very close to the ground and need to be raked. Yeah. It is very difficult work raking and cleaning those low bush blueberries. Mm-hmm. What about you, Diane? Do you raise anything else on your farm? We do. We actually raise blueberries too because the pH for cranberries and blueberries is very similar. Um, but ours are just for personal use, and then we have probably 25 apple trees oh, okay. so for personal but but app the um the apple trees the blossoms attract bees and bees are good for pollination for the cranberries so absolutely and do you keep any hives on your farm at all or just wild just whatever bees happen to come by no we rent we you rent, rent um, beehives got it and same thing for you Mary. You definitely yeah. yes we can't depend on what's in the woods right to, to pollinate yeah, yeah. we had yeah, we had for for a number of years we had uh, bees on our roof in Brooklyn, um, mm-hmm. and unfortunately we decided that where the location was just not very good for them. We were right near the highway, mm-hmm. um, and the sound of the trucks and the exhaust and things, the bees just really didn't thrive. And we moved them to a different location. Um, I gave them to a friend of mine who's a beekeeper, and she moved them into a beautiful community garden, and mm-hmm. they're doing wonderfully. So it's actually great. She she has the hives now, but every year she gives me a jar of honey from them. So it's really. Best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you think we should know about cranberries that people might not? Cranberries are wonderful for decorating. Um, you, there's a whole host of crafts from having floating floating berries in a, in a vase and then putting in a floating candle. You could have a little pine with it. Um, you can make you can make cranberry balls for centerpieces. Um, they just they're so versatile that way. Will that work? Will the floating? Will they still float if they've been frozen? Like if I were to buy them frozen and defrost them, or is it, do you really need fresh berries for that? Do you know. You need fresh berries, but frozen berries because they will turn more red when they're frozen. You can put them in a vase, and then you can just set a candle in it, oh, and yeah. it will keep for about a week, and it'll be gorgeous. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. Marianne, do you have any secrets we, about blueberries? The old, the old traditional uh, stringing cranberries. Sure. Um, all my grandkids have done that and put it with popcorn, and it's uh, they'll they'll last they'll last about ten days. Yeah. On the tree. Yeah, yeah, and and I honestly prefer that. I mean, I you know I remember when I was a kid, it was always we always used tinsel, mm-hmm. and it was such a mess to clean up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having all that plastic around them, and I just, I prefer, and it's a lot more fun. Now, my, my kids are eight and four, so now they're, you know, they can do that. And I think that's a really fun, that's a really fun project. It for them. is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about the co-op. I didn't know, I had no idea. Ocean Spray, to me, was a company that obviously made cranberries and cranberry juice, and I remember the commercials from when I was a kid. But you both mentioned co-op, and I didn't know that it was a co-op. So the way it works is your farm is a member of that co-op? That's right. There's 700 growers. Got it. And they're in uh, several states. They're in Washington, Oregon, uh, Wisconsin, Massachusetts, New Jersey. And then we have uh, members up in Vancouver, British Columbia. And we also have some in Chile. Oh, wow. And, and no, Nova Scotia. Huh. And, and Quebec. And are there... Are there... And New Brunswick. And New Brunswick. Right. Wow. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Lots of places. Yeah. Um, and, and is that, I mean, do you know a lot of other members in the co-op? Do you get to meet people from other places mm-hmm. who are also growing? Yes, we have an annual meeting that we, uh, we're lucky enough to go to. We don't. We we tend to go every year. Yeah. Um, we didn't always. Sure. Um, but, uh, and then sometimes we bring our kids, 
uh, and let them understand what the co-op is about because they're very active on the farm. Yeah, I was going to ask actually. That was another yeah, my, my ask, son. My son works full time on the farm. He spent ten years in the hospitality management. We told him he had to go out and find a job someplace else before he came home <laughs> yep. to the farm. But it was one thing he really wanted to do. Um, so he he he's, he's one of our full time um, workers on the farm. We only have four, um, but um, we we go and it's really um, it's wonderful to see the 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 people of the different states. That's where Marianne and I met. Cool. Yes, that's right. It was yeah. it an annual meeting? Annual meeting. Yeah. That's very and cool. we we harvest differently. Yeah. But would they all go to the co-op? Got it. And, and, and then oh, do you do any processing on the farm of the berries, or essentially they're picked and then they move on to a processing facility? Yes, ours goes to the freezer. Got it. Right from the farm. Got it. And yours, Dan, same? The same. Yeah. And as far as, so do most cranberries get frozen directly off the farm and then used as needed to make things like juice and processed later, or are there certain things where they need to be processed fresh versus... Frozen? We have fresh growers and we also have processed growers. Oh, I see. We don't have any fresh growers um, in New Jersey. Wisconsin, I know they do. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has a lot, but all mm-hmm. of ours are for processing. Got it. Got it. So it's a combination of what the co-op needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah The shelf life of cranberries... Uh, doesn't survive when it's been sitting in water right. and processed in water. So <coughs> they dry pick, and then and that's for the fresh fruit market. And if people are out, you know, in in right now, I mean, you know, this this program will air the the week before Thanksgiving. If someone is out at a farmer's market and is buying fresh cranberries, how long will those last in the refrigerator? They'll last in the refrigerator well after Christmas and New Year's. Oh wow, great! So if you're out there picking them up, you could buy you know five yes. or ten pounds and then be able to use them throughout the holiday season. But the best would be to store them either in a cardboard box or in a paper bag. Oh, Take them out okay. of the plastic. So not in plastic. Right. Got it. So they just need to breathe. A little they need bit. to breathe. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, there's a lot of products like that that I think where we find so much stuff that we buy at the store is packaged in plastic and things like mushrooms. I have a friend who's a mushroom grower, and he said the absolute worst thing you can do is to put mushrooms in plastic. You want to keep them in a paper bag, and they'll last for much, much longer. So mm-hmm. interesting to note that as well. Um, well, if there's anything else, is there anything else that you would like to mention? Are there any events that uh, that Ocean Spray or the or you as the Cramaws are doing that you'd like to promote? I think we've done this. <laughs> we have. <laughs> now we we were um, we had a chance to talk with some people from China, from Korea, um, and the idea was that uh, this year twenty million millennials will be uh, hosting their first Thanksgiving, and who do they ask for help but grandmas? Of course. And Ocean Spray has come up with grandmas. Yes. So we we uh, have given them advice. We have said, you know, don't don't hesitate to ask for advice. Yeah, we're glad to pass the torch. Yep. Um, and there's lots, you know, and it's not it's not about being perfect on your first Thanksgiving. It's about sharing it and being doing it with love for family. Well, and I think that that's really I think that's really important um, for people to know that that's the point, right? The point is not you don't have to impress your girlfriend or your boyfriend's mother or father mm-hmm. or in-laws with this perfect turkey, it's about that coming together around the table and about celebrating as a family. Right. And some of the best stories are when things do not turn out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that my my crying about my thinking my dad cooked the dog is probably a pretty good... <laughs> I mean, that's now... That is a famous story in my family. So that's a really... You know, that's a really good one. Thanks for listening to Feast Your Ears. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and I hope you don't get into any fights with your families. Big thank you to David Tatashore for engineering this show. 
You can find Feast Your Ears as well as lots of other great shows at heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Heritage Radio Network is my favorite thing to listen to while I'm cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Please take a moment to like the show on iTunes and reach out to me if you have any questions. You can reach me, harry, at thebrooklynkitchen.com. You can follow me on social media at The Foodballer. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.